Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold! Coming to the ring, from parts unknown, at a combined weight of 853 pounds, Pickleloaf and Dr. Zong! This week, we are doing two very similar movies, uh, Used Cars from 1980 and Stalag, 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 17, how do you say that? Stalag. Stalag, 17, from 1953. Zom, how are you, sir? I'm all right. Cheerful. <laughs> Cheerful. Yeah, feeling, uh, I'm sowing my wild oats. Oh, all over the floor, the desk, what? Well, all over my hands. Ah, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a week, uh, a boring one. <laughs> it's, what have you been, What have you been up to? Can't. It's not been boring. You know, I was listening to that song at the beginning of the show. This one. Uh, and they, uh, the part where they say, like, when they're walking down the street. And people, uh, you know, when they see him, they run the other way. Yeah. It's like when, like when we were in, um, was it Raleigh? And like when we walk down the street, people see us and run the other way. <laughs> but it's not because they're scared. It's like, ew. <laughs> USA. Wow. Um, everything's good. It's been uh, hockey and. Mm-hmm. Cabbage, kind of cabbage, and kind of weird. Feeling a little bit weird because you know, like I eat a lot of cabbage and raw broccoli and raw carrots and everything, but I was feeling as if um, I wasn't having satisfying uh, evacuation. Uh oh. So last night before I went to work, I had like uh, two great big scoops of this. Uh, powdered metamucil and <laughs> i'm telling you what i mean you're only supposed to have like one uh like teaspoon or something and i put two tablespoons and it and it, everything is right in the world daddy <laughs> that's why you're feeling feeling oh, uh, so good snarky and uh and and what? giddy this morning take like a drink i'd drink like a little bit of fucking tea or something like that and i would just feel bloated mm. but i i think it might be um it might have and then i was having these weird like you know always have these weird dreams and shit and i had a dream i was i was sleeping and the other day um that us i i thought i woke up 
which obviously I wasn't awake, but I thought I was. And I thought there was a spider on the wall. <laughs> and I said, and I was like, I heard somebody say, Jesus Christ, look at that. And I got up and I was like, motherfucker. And I did the Wahoo McDaniel tomahawk chop to the wall to squish it. Well, of course, there's nothing there. And it was in the basement, which just has paneling over top of like cinder blocks. Oh, no. Fucking hand <laughs> ached for like an hour after that. I hit it so hard. So then um, I was sleeping on the floor because I thought, okay, if I sleep in the basement, the spiders on the wall are going to fucking uh, be crawling on the wall and shit. So I thought, I'll sleep upstairs. And I was sleeping on the floor in the living room. And I thought I saw a black kitten run. <laughs> Why don't you sleep in bed or on the couch? Well, because then if I sleep in here, which is in the the uh, studio of uh, Silver and Gold, Silver and Gold Studio B, B, um, then sometimes <laughs> I'll see stuff crawling on the wall in here, or a bird sitting on something, <laughs> something like that. So, are you taking new medication or something? It may not. No, it's not new. So maybe oh. it's old medication. But anyway, I see this little black kitten run under the couch, and I'm like, "What the fuck? I don't have a cat." But so I was like, okay, I'm just dreaming. But then I laid, ba- I, I tried to go back to sleep, and I kept thinking, God damn, maybe there is something under there. Did you go crawl under the couch? No, I never <laughs> did look. But there may be a kitten under there. Um, and then these little, okay, you remember in um, what was the uh, Tom Selleck, Gene Simmons movie with the mechanical, like spider-looking things that would come and kill you? I have no, I don't think oh, I've seen that. Was that thing called? Shit. I'll look it's, it up. It's a movie reference. Tom Selleck and um, it was called like Scramblers or Tracers or uh, something. Hmm. Tom Selleck, Gene Simmons. I'll keep looking. He was the villain. And I think Kirstie Alley might have been the girl in it. But anyway, they weren't big like that, but they looked like little spiders, probably as big as like a person's ring. Maybe like a finger, like a ring for your finger, but they they were mechanical. They weren't real spiders. There was three of them, and they had little. Each one of them had a little red blinking light on top of its like head. Run away, run away. Yes, and I looked at them and I thought, what in the fuck is that? Well, then they just you know kind of. I can't remember if those just disappeared. Then last night I was sleeping on the floor. And I th- and something went flying over top of me and landed right beside me. And I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. And it was a rabbit's foot. <laughs> but there's no rabbit's foot. No. See what I'm saying? Kirstie Alley was in it too, yeah. Yeah, she was hot back then. She was slim. Mm. <laughs> no other why, can't, why can't I you know, go to sleep and think that Kirstie Alley is like... Crawling under your couch? Yeah, I chase her. Under, well, you know, no, it would be her. I'd lift the couch up, and she'd be under there weighing three hundred pounds. <laughs> Very fucking bush. Uh, what? You don't know that that's the yeah. case. Like that go, you know? Okay, like if she was slim and she had like the seven, say seventies or eighties porn star bush. Um, maybe not seventies, but like eighties where they was just it was just cut real close. It wouldn't look too bad. But then when they get like really super heavy, it gets wider and thicker. <laughs> so it's fucking like a damn truck tire peeled out a long way. That's what I'm saying. A mossy truck tire. Yeah. <laughs> chirping chirping rubber off the tire. Uh I don't I I, Top I that intro. I can't I can't. I have nothing. 
you know, it was just, just I, I watched Rick and Morty last night. That was about it. Honest <laughs> to God, when you said that, before we started recording, you said something, which I'm not going to repeat, right. and you watched Rick and Morty. I thought that you were a little bit either joking or you might have been a little bit um, not clear-headed and you were saying you watched Ricky Morton. No, 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 Rick and Morty. Yeah, I don't even know what that is until I just saw Samurai posted that he yeah, was. Yeah, I, 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 I've had it hanging around on my Hulu for a little while and I saw him and a couple other people watch it yesterday. So I was like, ah, fuck it, I'll dive in. What's that? What is it? What is it? It's... um. The I think one of the creators did the first couple seasons of Community, but it's an animated show on Adult Swim, and it's inspired, I guess, by Back to the Future. But it's not um, like they. It's a like, the scientist is the granddad. They're not. They're related, and Morty is Marty, obviously. Rick is Doc, but um, Rick is a, a alcoholic but he like has all these crazy gadgets in the garage and travels through dimensions and stuff <laughs> and morty's just really dumb but goes along with his granddad on these adventures and that um makes sense it's 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 pretty funny actually yeah. there's a lot of uh, check it out like half the monsters that show up in it all have something that look like balls hanging off somewhere <laughs> <laughs> like just like a sack with hair on it hanging off their neck well, i or definitely something. will have to check it yeah. out then now um but it's funny because it's it, it kind of uh, it's kind of a pop culture reference kind of show too. So, but it's 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 well done. It, they they I think they just started the second season of it. But I watched I probably watched like eight episodes last night, and I only remember like the first four. So it all Nothing started with that. You're that that's uh, oh who's this guy? That is Cesaro. I was relaxed. Will, will Cesaro be the next champion? Nah, he's got big. He's tough bits. He does. Yeah, that dude. I he okay. This was incredible. He um at he the flex anybody. He could he. I think he can. He picked up a uh, big show. You know, like the whole like Hogan slamming Andre. This was yeah. like a almost like a one up. He picked up big show. It was during a battle royal last year, and um, it wasn't near the rope. He picked him up like in a body slam and then walked like four Jesus. steps and then threw him out. It was insane. Like, yeah, because like you see like Luger doing Yokozuna or something like that, or even Hogan doing Andre, and they they just you can tell Andre kind of leaps up mm -hmm. and they barely all they do is just kind of turn and drop him. He'll do a thing where there's a dude standing on the outside on the apron. He'll get up on the top rope and bend over and get the guy in a vertical suplex and then pick him up completely over the rope and then back into the ring. Jesus whiz! It's all fake though. It is, but. I, they do that with like ropes, <laughs> ropes and pulleys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> big shows. He's big. Yeah, so his uh, tights just get longer. It's like his torso gets longer. I haven't seen him on TV in a little while. Maybe he's finally going to retire. John Cena's taking some time off. Good. And uh, well, oh, don't know, may, Well, maybe not now. <laughs> have a spot. Yeah, he's, he's he might come he back might get called that. back early. Jeez, whiz! They do they do stuff on here that's just crazy. Is that the uh, macho. Who was the guy that acted the the uh, guy that does acts like the Macho Man? Oh, um, Kofi Kingston. No, no, no. It's he's in uh, he's in Ring of Honor. Um, shit, I forgot it. I'll look it up. It, it's uh, he used to be in TNA. Mm. Jay Lethal. Is Jay name. Lethal. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. He does a good Macho Man. Now, so what have you been watching? 
Alrighty, let's get down to it. Uh, I watched a, this is a, 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 a what do you call it, a holdover from October. Uh, not a um, Kungtober Oxu <laughs> movie. Uh, it was 1976's uh, The Town That Dreaded Sundown, starring Ben Johnson and, um, what's her name? From Marianne from Gilligan's Island, Dawn Wells. Mm. Uh, this is it's all right. It's done like in a docu- documentary kind of style, has mm-hmm. a documentary style feel, and it it has uh, some funny shit in it. Like it's trying to be a comedy, but then the next thing you know, this guy's putting like a fucking big uh, knife on the end of a trombone and like blowing into it. And when he <laughs> pushes the thing out, it stabs this girl. He's got tied to a tree in the back and every time he does it she's just like screaming and shit i don't know i never saw the remake i heard it was an abortion i don't know that i've seen either one yeah. it's on uh, i think it was on netflix instant maybe hmm. or it was well it might have been i don't know who cares um i watched 1987's cry freedom which was directed by uh sir richard attenborough and starring denzel washington this was uh his big discovery uh, when he was he was on Saint Elsewhere and they saw him on there and they wanted him to play uh, Stephen Biko and Kevin Klein is uh, the, Kevin Klein's basically the main person in it and it's all about um, apartheid South Africa and Stephen Biko and what happened to him and all this and that it's very good hmm. uh, start watching that and like uh, dr- <coughs> excuse me dry white season. And uh, the I think uh, what's the one with Michael Caine and Sidney Poitier, the will be conspiracy or something like that. Some of those, you know, the, back in in music, in the what was it like the late '80s, early '90s or something like that, when uh, Bono and U2 and they were doing the you know I, I ain't gonna play Sun City and you know uh, speaking out against South Africa and. Right. Basically, all I knew about it at that time, uh, you know, like, you know, you knew Nelson Mandela was in jail and stuff. But until you see some of these movies and then start reading about some of the shit that they did over there and how they treated the people. I mean, it was awful. Mm. And um, what was the one um, sci-fi movie, District 9? Yes. It was like that. I mean, that was, a, of course, a, like a sci-fi takeoff on sort of the same thing. But my God, some of the stuff that secret police and shit did over there—it was—it was just awful. It was horrible. Um, I watched a new documentary. Well, it was 2014. Um, the Notorious Mr. Boot, which is about um, the uh, guy that was—they made the movie The Lord of War uh, with Nicolas Cage and. I never saw that one. Who's that dude that has a band, and he is playing the Joker in Suicide? Oh, um, Jared Leto. Jared Leto. Okay. Yeah. And um, he, this is the real guy, and it's all about him. Uh, he was like a big uh, smuggler uh, and would uh, arms dealer. But then they kind of bring forth the uh, idea that, you know, there's million or there's like lots of people just like him, and they kind of singled him out. Um, he said, you know, he just rented out his planes and whatever the people did with them. I'm pretty sure that he, he, you know, he knew everything was going on, but 
it was just kind of like, okay, he got publicity and he got a New York Times article written about him. So then the DEA and, and ATF and stuff felt embarrassed and went after him, even though other people were doing the exact same thing. But it's pretty good. It's on um, iTunes. I think it was a, kind of a cheapy hmm. uh, doc. Um, and he's a Russian, so they talk like this all the time, and the lot of time. You know the thing that the, the one thing I think is funny is they have the people on there and they subtitle them, but then they have him talking, and I'm pretty sure it's an actor um, saying his lines in English. But the actor he talked like this. All I was doing was, you know, I didn't mean to do this stuff. Beep, 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 beep. Okay, so anyway, um, <laughs> 2015's Southpaw. Uh, this was an Antoine Fuqua uh, movie, Fuqua, uh, starring Jake Gyllenhaal and Rachel Mac Adams and Curtis Fitty Cent Jackson, Forrest Whitaker. Uh, um, it's like the the. Um, kind of the way I felt about uh, the Tom Hardy uh, MMA movie. Right. This is kind of how I felt about Southpaw. It's like with boxing movies or, you know, of course it's MMA, but it's sort of the same, you know, formula. <sighs> I just kind of, you know, I don't know. It seems like I've seen it all and seen it all. You know, I'd like to see one where the guy is a total piece of shit and he – not the, not the underdog hero. Some he sort. doesn't get redemption. He rapes women. And, uh, well, you know, like the Mike Tyson story, maybe or something. No, but anyway, this was good. And of course, Jake Gyllenhaal proves that if you're in Hollywood, uh, you can, you know, get a get a body like that just by. Oh, he's just had a personal trainer for for like three months. For three months, and that's why he's completely shredded and has bulk and is you know has like zero percent body fat, whatever. Anyway, but he's he's good. Forrest Whitaker was good, but I mean it's a boxing movie, you know, and it's yeah. like chase the chicken and fucking you know shake the ropes and you know. What do you uh, what do you think of the new Creed movie? Have you seen the trailer for it? It looks like the same. What I'm just saying, <laughs> same shit, you know. Yeah. Okay, but I mean you know we all feel good. Ugh, how about the guy? You know I don't know whatever. Um, beat a dead horse, uh, and beat a dead horse, and then the dead horse comes back and wins. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, 2015's uh, I Smile Back, which was directed by Adam Salki, and uh, it stars Sarah Silverman and what's this guy's name? Uh, Josh Charles, I guess. There's a oh, who who was really good in it was uh, Chris Sarandon, who uh, up until. Uh, last night when I watched it, or this morning, um, he's from Beckley, West Virginia, which is like Jesus Christ. I mean, over uh, 150 miles from where I live, but it's still West Virginia. And he was the uh, first husband of Susan Sarandon, and he got an Academy Award nomination for playing Al Pacino's transsexual uh, lover in Dog Day Afternoon which he was really young now. He's like 73 now, but he was really good in this. And he just had like, it's kind of like Mickey Rourke in that movie, the pledge where Mickey Rourke and Jack Nicholson had one scene where, and this is the only scene Mickey Rourke had, which was not even probably five minutes long, probably like three minutes long. That's the same way this was. He was only in it for just a, uh, for like one scene for a right. short period of time, but he was really good. Sarah Silverman was really good. And she gets naked and gets, um, anal twice Whoa. 
Uh, <laughs> and she does. She has some problems. But um. anyway, it was not bad. And it got to... Now, see, IMDb gave it a 5.8 rating, but I saw all this shit where it, at TIFF it got all these, you know, check this out, TIFF, boo. And um, <laughs> that's, I guess, some kind of a rating. Check this out, TIFF, boo. Um, I watched, I've been watching uh, the third season of Justified, and this show is so fucking good. Uh, it's got a lot of action and violence, but. It's not that. It's got a lot of um, of uh, stupid rednecks, and <laughs> and uh, Timothy Oliphant is just exceptional. I mean, he is so good in this. Um, and I finished watching the first season of Homeland, and I'll be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with these people out here right okay. now. Um, I don't think I'm going to watch any more of it. I didn't oh. think it was that good. <laughs> Especially at first I thought it was pretty good. And then as it went on, I was like, yeah, I don't really give a, f-. you know, I don't know. I just didn't, uh, didn't, didn't, uh, sink with me. And I've been watching, um, um, hockey. The Flyers have been losing. They were on like a six game losing streak and they won last night against the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Don Cherry on coach's corner accused the Flyers of intentionally injuring, um, Connor McDavid, who is like supposedly the new Wayne Gretzky, which he did get hurt in the game that they played. What do you think? But do you I agree I with mean, John Terry? I don't. No way. He just slid into the boards, and there were two flyers. They all went down, and they all were going fast, and they slid into the boards together, and he got crunched, hmm. broke his uh, collarbone, I think. Oh. But you know, give me a break, Cherry. So anyway, that's just hockey talk. That's sports stuff. Sports stuff. Nobody wants to hear that crap. Um, I watched almost all new movies this week. Oh, dig I it. I know. Um, I did. Uh, I did show someone um, Aerobicide, <laughs> which is an old um, David A. Pryor movie. I don't remember if I talked about that last week. Um, I think I've that one but i like david a Pryor. yeah and ted. And, and ted was in it yes um it was ridiculous and like there was probably eight different scenes of just people doing aerobics which was hilarious and um <laughs> yeah it was it was it was dumb but does ted Pryor do uh, ted Pryor does not do aerobics but he does wear tiny shorts throughout the movie and i i imagine he has his shirt off uh, on many occasions um he was fucking built. He was built. I don't recall him taking his shirt off too much. There's a reason for that if you see it. But uh, yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's. Well, I don't want to give away who he is, but um, he could have been je- like if he would have gotten the chance. And I think the guy that um, from uh, Deadly Prey that um, the said I think it was the guy that was like. Know him? I trained him. That guy. I think he was yeah. kind of the main character in this. And some of the oh man, this is really stupid, but um, it's fun. Um, for the new movies, well, another another oldie, not oldie. I watched on Netflix the Iceman, um, directed by somebody I never heard of, Ariel Roman. This is Michael Shannon, Winona yeah. Ryder, uh, and Chris Evans, who I, it took me forever to recognize. Yeah. And uh, Ray Liotta was good. David Schwimmer, it took me a minute to recognize too. I read that book. Um, the, the movie was a, it's about a, it's about a, a a guy in the well 50s, 60s, 70s into the 80s that was a basically a, just a hired hitman for certain mafia families. 
Uh, he was not a made guy himself, but um, had a very yeah, because he was not even Italian. He was no, like Polish, Polish, yeah. And uh, Shannon was a great choice for it. Winona Ryder, I thought was good. Chris Evans, like I said, I did not recognize him, and he was pretty gross in the movie. He's um, real sleazy. Yeah, I like I like what he's done other than Captain America. I, I like I like the choices he makes. But the movie ended you up You don't like Captain America? No, I love Captain America, but Oh, okay. He's not I like that he's not getting stuck in that like yeah, handsome yeah. leading role. The, the only thing. thing about that movie and I know that, you know, with Hollywood you kind of have to um if you get a good actor like uh, what's his name? Michael, Michael Shannon. Shannon? Yeah. Um, you know, you're it's it's a sacrifice be, to to make because he is a very good actor but the real guy was like 6 foot 5 350 pounds he was huge <laughs> it was like a monster well they they made Shannon i don't know if he's i don't know how tall he is in real life but they definitely yeah, made him look taller kind of than everybody it. in that movie so yeah um but it was pretty good i mean it, I, it it kind of fizzled for me by the end oh yeah. i forgot james franco was in it briefly um yeah, i mean franco. it was okay um, James watched, Frank is a weirdo. He is. He has a house somewhere in North Carolina. Like if I can make a movie with a guy that scrapes his asshole uh, with a stick, <laughs> or the the what was it the the snot hanging out of his face, or. <laughs> <laughs> um, I watched. I finished Back in Time, the uh, Back to the Future documentary that's on Netflix. It's all right. It, it mostly talks about the the fans. Um, building time machines and stuff like that. There's some cool little things in there. It kind of hops around. Um, poor Michael. The fans Jeff. built time machines. Well, they, t- they, all the fans that have bought DeLoreans and like tried to recreate in their own oh, way, the, the DeLorean. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Michael J. Fox is not looking great, eh. but you know, it's kind of sad, but he, he has his foundation. They talk about that. So I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's kind of interesting, I guess. It's all part of God's plan. It is. It is. Um, I went to the theater. Well, let me. Uh, one other one I watched at home, uh, Bone Tomahawk, which I'm not going to talk too much about because we're going to do that next week. Wee! So we'll see how I feel about it then. But I did watch that. Um, <laughs> I went to the theater three times this week. Jesus. And I'm going to try to go again today. Yeah. Um, I watched. You'll go see James Bond? I'm not going to go see James Bond. Uh, <laughs> Spectre? No. I watched Steve Jobs. Christoph Bolts? I watched Steve Jobs, directed okay. by Danny Boyle. Uh, Fastbender is fantastic in it. Kate Love Winslet is good in it. Um, this was not what I expected. I, I did not. I did not see any trailers for this or anything. Um, I really like the way because most biopics are done point A to point B. This one does not. This one does go in chronological order, but it takes place essentially in real time in three different years, not all at the same time, but it shows the back. It show, it's basically him having conversations backstage before three different product launches. Hmm. So 84, right before they're introducing the Mac, uh, 88, when after he had gotten fired from Apple and went and made tried to start the next computers, and then in 1998 before he unveiled the iMac. So it's all him talking to various people backstage, basically getting into arguments, and they don't... I mean, you could tell he's an asshole, 
um, mm-hmm. but they don't go into like I don't know. It's 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 interesting. It's it's a really interesting thing to do. It's the whole thing is talking basically. There's not you know there's a few flashbacks and stuff, but it's a very talky heavy movie. I thought it was yeah, really well done. Good. I thought I liked it a lot. Dig it. Um, and I mean I'm not just being you know. Apple Mark. I'm. A, I've always said I'm glad I never had to work directly for Steve Jobs because he seemed like he would have been miserable to work for. And they and they don't. Do you have a black turtleneck on as we speak? I have no shirt on. As we speak. Wow. <laughs> Damn it. So, Risque. But uh, it's this is worth seeing. I, I thought it was pretty well done. Um, and Fastbender's really good. Uh, let's see. I watched uh, Bridge of Spies. Uh, the huh? new. Steven Spielberg movie with Tom Hanks. You know, I usually don't <laughs> care for Spielberg. I mean, I usually don't like like him that you know his movies until he makes a masterpiece every time. No, um, <laughs> this what? I don't know. This is uh, I've heard this is like his best name thing one. since name one. Name one what? Masterpiece. Schindler's List. All right. Go. Um, this they've, they've everybody's saying this is his best movie since Saving Private Ryan or whatever. Um, it's really good. Tom Hanks is really, really good. It's interesting. This, um, I, I, I liked it. I didn't love it, but that might, it's, I'm just bringing my own shit into that. Um, Tom Hanks is a lawyer, not a spy. I didn't, I didn't know if that, what it was supposed to be exactly, uh, before seeing it. Um, but it's, it's interesting. It's, it's, it's well done. It's, it's a low key movie. Um, okay. Opinion gets, time. Yes. Uh, calendar time for Lofi. Um, is Tom Hanks a great actor? I think I, I I mean I think he is. I mean I, I he's he's believable in everything I see him in. Um, but okay now but but I mean has he has he ever really stretched other than playing the kind of nice good guy kind of I mean like you know um the only stretch I can think of, honestly, is that Coen Brothers movie he was in that he was actually funny in that I didn't like the movie. Oh, I hated that movie. I did too. Um, and the theater we were in, uh, when we watched it, it was raining outside and the fucking, it was an old theater and rain was coming through the roof. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that sucked. <laughs> um, yeah, I think he's, I, I don't know if he's great. I think he's been, he's been in some great projects. He's cast he really well. He kind of reminds me of like a Harrison Ford kind of a guy. He yeah he's they he's he tick he picks the right roles for him yeah. maybe yeah. And he's very likable oh he is totally yeah. um he may be the most likable person of all time God I'm gonna find out someday he's a fucking teabagger or something and just totally crush me or fucking child rapist <laughs> God please Tom just keep and it, a teabag keep, keep it under the covers please I don't want to know um <laughs> you'll like this one a lot I think um, yeah, I like a uh, spyish uh, yeah. Cold War shit. Yeah, it's definitely it's it's definitely more Cold War than it is anything spy. Mm. Um, but good. It's well, good. isn't it about like the Francis Gary Powers? I'm trying to get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like a, a, a the a exchange between the nations kind of thing. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, cool. Good stuff. <laughs> I'll um, probably wait for it on DVD. Though. Yeah. This was kind of surprised that you went and saw it in the theater. Well, I you know I've got my movie pass, so whenever I'm bored, I'm trying yeah. to find something Which to one go is on. And it and it ha- eh, I'm not interested. I don't even what? know if I, I don't honestly I don't even know if I saw the last Bond. You don't like Christoph Waltz? I didn't even know he was in it to tell you the truth. Dude, he's fucking. Is oh he the bad guy? Fuck yeah. Huh. Okay. Ding 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 ding. Well, it's it's just open too, so it's going to be crowded yeah. as shit. 
So I yeah, you want that. to be around people. <laughs> <laughs> well, I saw I, when I saw Bridge of Spies. I saw uh, two days ago at it was a ten fifteen a.m. showing, and nice. I thought I was going to be the only one in the theater. And one other guy came in and sat a few rows behind me. Yeah, and then yesterday, I went to see Crimson Peak, uh, the Crimson Guillermo Del Del Toro movie. Um, see, I hate. I don't even like. I know from. I think from what I the gist of your post. I really wanted to see this, but now I'm kind of like, you know, it's okay. Was it the mood you were in or was it? I think I'm just, it's a, it ends up being more of a mystery movie than a goat, than a horror movie. Okay. And it is also set in Victorian times, which I like a hammer film. It's like a hammer film, but with, without the, without like the tits and the, Christopher Lee. <laughs> Shit. Um, I don't know. She she says in it like she the the main character uh, played by Mia Waj whatever. Um, she I don't know how to say her name Wasikowska Wasikowski. She um she's writing a book at the beginning of it and nobody wants to publish it and they're like well she's like well it's not a ghost story. It's a story that has ghosts, and that kind of like summarized the actual movie we're seeing too. Ah, um, they should have had Cesaro in it. He could have showed his tits. He could have suplexed her over the top rope. Yeah. Um. There's some with the with the tone that it kept. Okay. The the set design is amazing. It looks spectacular. The acting I is the trailer looked great. The acting is really good. I just thought the story ended up being kind of boring. It went like about an hour and a half in. I was like, let's let's go already. Um, yeah. This just wasn't the movie for me. I think with the right audience, this is gonna this will be a great one. But it didn't. It just doesn't work for me. I thought I was I was bored by it honestly. Mm. Um, the ghosts look awesome. Um, and there's some uh, there's some violent shit in it, like in bursts that I was surprised by. So cool. But uh, it, it's, it's, I don't know. I didn't like it, but I think certain, I think if you know what you're going into and it's the kind of movie you want, you're going to really like it. So not no Hellboy, no BPRD. No, it's not, it's not a Hellboy, but you can see it's from the same, it's through the same set of eyes. I'll just say that. All right. Uh, that's all I watched besides, well, just TV shit and, Man, you're hitting the new stuff. That's a, that's a, that's an interesting new thing for our show. I know. You're I know. you know because I never go to the theater unless it's something like absolutely. Well, I hardly went. I hardly used my movie pass at all in October, mm-hmm. and I had some uh, free time this week, unexpected free time this week. So I was like, I'm going to see if I can just go to the fucking movies every day. So uh, I've gone Friday, s- Saturday. I'm going to try to go today. I don't know what I'll see, but. Um, what was the length on um, Crimson Peak and the Tom Hanks? Was it like over two hours? The Bridge of Spies was like two twenty, and yeah. Crimson Peak was like an hour fifty-five. Kind of expect that from Spielberg. That's why I normally yeah. don't like him. <laughs> it, this one, this one probably needed that because um, they go, they do a lot. Um, <clears throat> again, this isn't that was another one where the set design I thought was really good too. Like. Uh, I always sometimes when you sit back and you just look at these like God they have to like everything you possibly see in the frame 
has to be adjusted because you know they're filming yeah. it today, but it's like if one little house off in the distance has a fucking satellite dish on it, you know? Yeah. So I wonder how much of that they can like CGI. Uh, they probably do a lot of that, but. Yeah, because I mean, you know, you looked at like a what you call it, Gladiator or something, or yeah. one of those movies where they have the Coliseum and they only have like one row of people, but it looks like there's a, a you know a thousand rows of people right, and right, everybody's right. moving and this and that. And that's the same thing with um, oh, what the fuck's that goddamn Penny Dreadful I watch? Mm-hmm. I'm so immersed in that and and the time period it takes place in that there's times where I'll be watching and I'll be like, holy shit, this actually. I wonder how much of these these old buildings and stuff is that are they in an area where there are still old buildings and cobblestone streets and shit? Or they or build is it, it just uh, for this? Yeah, yeah, which would be so expensive. It would. Well, alrighty, let's take a break. Come back. Um, oh my god, I, I'm sorry. I just wanted to add. Yeah. Uh, the movie Entourage sucked. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that one. What a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> Every two seconds, they would have somebody, famous person from Hollywood, like be walking in. Hey, Vince, what's going on? Hey, there's Liam Neeson. Hey, there's so-and-so. Hey, man, what's going Hey, Vince. Yeah, Vince, what's up? Hey, Vince. Yeah. And it's got some <laughs> hot chicks in it. But I'm sorry. I mean, you know, fuck. Uh, so what? I can watch. Uh, I mean, it, it. I'm telling you, this movie was a fucking abortion. Ugh. It was of shit. And when Mark Wahlberg shows up, he makes like his two cameos in it. I wanted to, and he's of course, you know, he is the guy. I mean, mm-hmm. that's he produced it. It's supposed to be about like how he his life was. During, it's nauseating. I'm serious. If you ever watch that fucking movie, it made me want to fucking throw up. It pissed me, <laughs> pissed me off because it. You know what it is? It's like. It's like um, seeing a bunch of obnoxious, unlikable assholes fucking hot chicks yeah. who throw themselves at them. They're like, get anybody they want. you know. And it's just – it's sickening. It's like, Jesus Christ, what a piece of shit. Oh. Somebody told me it cost $30 million to make. Jesus. Which how much of that is fucking probably for the goddamn stupid-ass fucking cameos. It was – if it was an hour and a half long, there was a cameo. Of some famous person, like every two minutes. Yeah. But I mean, I, I used to like, like in, uh, say, like the original Ocean's Eleven with Frank Sinatra or something. Right. Like they'd be in the hotel, and like Red Skelton would be at the ticket window trying to to uh, cash in his bets or something or something like that. <laughs> it's kind of cool, or it's a mad, mad, mad world. But this was just garbage. It had it, it just garbage. I uh, just forgot, so I wanted to throw that in there. I did see. I did watch the first uh, Ash versus Evil Dead, hmm. um, and it's it's pretty awesome. Um, I I don't know how long Sam Raimi's sticking with it, but he directed the first episode at least. Cool. And uh, and Bruce Campbell's still great, but uh, I love how it opens. It's like you see him like tightening these straps on this leather thing, right. and then it it pans out, and it's a fucking like girdle, and he's like pats yeah. his pats his belly, and sticks his ass well, out. What's that on? Uh, stars. Okay, um, you can watch the first one online, but um, uh, they they offered that one for free. The it has I, I, since it's on stars, it's pretty much just like a movie. So there's a bunch of like uh, uh, profanity and like the gore is not cut out at all. Um, 
but it seems it seems like it's going to be a lot of fun. And it, awesome. it's the whole story why it's come back. He's it's like thirty years later. He's still working in the in the shitty like uh, uh, big box Cape store. Yeah. yeah, and it's a different one, but it's a, it's the same kind of thing. He lives in a trailer. And there's like a flashback to where he gets stoned with some chick and they start just joking and reading uh, passages out of the Necronomicon. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> he, did, he didn't remember at first. And then he's like, he has the flash. He's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> but it's funny. Um, but yeah, I, I, I definitely recommend that. I, I, I forgot the other one came on last night. I'll have to go uh, track it down. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, let's take a break. Do you want to do used cars first? We can do it. All righty. We'll be right back with used cars. Be right back with used cars. There are a lot of podcasts out there that do science fiction, horror, and fantasy movies, but how many of them are done by somebody who's been watching this shit for half a century? Hi, my name's Kerry Frost, and I do the Martian Drive-In Podcast, a podcast where I look at silent films all the way through to movies from the second decade of the 21st century. I look at fantasy, horror, and science fiction, and talk about them, sometimes with a guest, sometimes by myself, but always with an eye to the stuff that maybe has slipped off your radar, if it was ever on your radar. So go to marsdrivein.blogspot.com or type Martian Drive-In Podcast into iTunes and enjoy a bit of decent genre talk. And keep watching the skies. Fogarty was awesome. Okay. Uh, used cars. Zom, would you care to synopsize? I was just singing along and thinking about John Fogarty's like Dutch boy bowl kind oh, of hair. His hair was back always then. Bad. That was funny, man. He was flannel before flannel was cool. Dig it. But so was Joe LaDuke. Um, <laughs> let's see. I didn't see Fogarty cutting himself with an axe. Was that was that Leduc or was that? Uh, yeah, he was yeah. taking the blood oat. Yeah, the blood oat that he was going to get that Jerry Lawler. Okay, when the owner of a struggling used car lot is killed, it's up to the lot's hot shot salesman to save the property from falling into the hands of the owner's ruthless brother and used car rival. Uh, so this is a... <laughs> this hopped on... This is a weird movie. This hopped onto my radar because of... Honestly, because of that Back to the Future documentary I uh, was watching because Zemeckis talked about it a little bit. Zemeckis. And um, I think Steven Spielberg might have help produce this one normally don't care for him <laughs> that's what i hear 
But um, Bob Gale, I think, is the other writer of Back to the Future, too. Yeah. So um, the two of them had worked uh, previously, which is kind of what put this back. It had been a little while since I'd seen this, and uh, Bone Tomahawk got Kurt Russell on my brain, so merged them all together. Just, it's a little bit different than Bone Tomahawk. Just slightly. But if you gave, <laughs> if you gave him a big mustache, it might be the same. Um, then he's Jack Warden. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, Jack Warden is Jack Warden plays um, the Fuchs, which there can't be coincidence that it's just spelled fucks. <laughs> but he plays the Fuchs twins, Roy and Luke. Now, Roy is the good guy, and Luke is the bad guy, right? Or is it the other way around? Ah, uh, hell, I don't. <laughs> it doesn't matter. And they don't go. Roy into, is the bad guy. Roy's right? the bad guy. Um, so he plays tw- his own twin brothers and they own rival car lots right across the street from each other and apparently have a pretty salty past <laughs> with each other. They don't really go into why, but Roy is, um, I, I love this era because everybody's still like, I guess it was filmed in the seventies, but everybody's still like got like the disco look, but it's getting ready to be the eighties. So everybody's hair is still kind of feathered a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, Jack Warden's hair as Roy is pretty outstanding. Everybody's got these tacky suits on. But um, Roy has, I don't know if he's supposed to be a lawyer or whatever, but he has Sam Slanton up, or Slayton played by Joe Flaherty. Um, Joe Flaherty's one of those faces you have seen like in, um, what was the? Was was, Second was he, City. Yeah, yeah. He was with the SCTV crowd. Um one of those guys it's like never was a star of anything but you'd see him in a ton of shit uh funny guy but he plays like the lawyer on the bad guy side and then you got Jack Warden's Luke Fuchs <laughs> and he owns a really rundown but like family i guess friend well i don't know if it's family friendly if Kurt Russell's character's working there but yeah uh, <laughs> But it's a dump. It is a dump. And he's got a bunch of broken down cars in the back, but he fixes everything by himself. It's like a real muddy lot. It's they got a, a nice uh running gag where they have this big uh water filled pothole right at the edge of their parking lot. Whenever cars drive over it, something falls off of them. <laughs> um <laughs> so Roy is trying to basically uh he wants to take over his brother's business because there is a highway getting built through this area and maybe was it is it does he want to take over just because he's an asshole or is it because it's definitely going the exit ramp's going to be on his property yeah, he, and he wants to take over across the street he's got the inside scoop right but he's a dick he is a dick now on the other side you've got uh luke as i said um jack warden as well and then he's got a pretty interesting cast of guys that work for him uh, you got kurt russell at his maybe sleaziest playing, <laughs> I don't, it's up there, um, playing Rudy. Uh, Rudy is a used car salesman, but he also uh, wants to be in the state Senate. And all the information he has is that he just needs to give the, um, I don't know, the party, like 50 grand or something, and he's basically elected. Um, you've got Garrett Graham playing Jeff. Now, Garrett Graham's another one, one of those faces that you'll recognize. I don't know if he was an SCTV guy. But he was in um, Phantom of the Paradise. Um, another one of those, like, 
background guys that's funny, that's been in a lot of shit, but never really uh, led anything. Um, he's very, in the movie, his character Jeff's super uh, superstitious. When you said rabbit's foot before, it made me think of this immediately. Maybe that's where I got that. Could be. Yeah, I never thought of that. But he's always rubbing on a rabbit's foot, and there's a pretty classic scene where he's trying to give himself bad luck. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then you have <laughs> Frank McRae playing Jim, and Jim is their mechanic, and his thing is that he's always like he's always asleep, like he'll leave the welder on, and, um, but he's got some funny lines in it and stuff. But anyway. And then you have Lenny and Squiggy making an appearance too. As uh, yeah, that was I hadn't seen this in so long. That one surprised me. The, that's the uh, the the hacker TV guys that they keep making their pirate commercials with. Um, so anyway, uh, you get introduced to uh, Rudy, uh, Kurt Russell's character, right at the beginning. He's whistling. I don't know the name of that song. That like, what is the what is the name of that one? The the like patriotic song that plays throughout the movie. Shit. Uh, but he's whistling that. Well, you don't see anything. You just see the you just see the odometer of a car, and you hear a whistling, and you see somebody reaches up for a screwdriver, and then all of a sudden the odometer just rolls back thirty. It's like sixty thousand miles, <laughs> and then he puts uses bubble gum to like stick on the bumper. Well, like as soon as as soon as uh you you get an idea of what kind of movie it's going to be because this movie, uh, um, you know, nineteen eighty, you didn't have as many kind of like sleazy or. Um, raunchy kind of movies mm-hmm. and right off the bat when kurt russell's doing that as soon as he comes up out from underneath the the um, the dash of the car where he's setting the things back he hits his head and he's like he's just like a oh, fuck yeah this, this, so right off the bat you get the f-ball tons of profanity in this which i forgot um and there's a there i mean not as much in the way of nudity although there is a really gratuitous moment with the with the woman getting her dress caught on the hood, and they just like the, her tits are on the screen for a full like minute almost <laughs> for no reason at all. Um, but yeah, he sticks. I think he uses bubble gum to stick the bumper back on. So it's just this yeah, funny kind of opening scene. <laughs> funny <laughs> opening scene where he's just trying to like cover up the flaws with the car. Like puts a puts a like new sign on a smashed windshield just to cover up the hole in the windshield. Um, well, and his whole thing for the Senate thing is like his poster says, trust me, and he's just a lying ass sack of shit. You know, just typical salesman, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, awesome. But the um, you're introduced to uh, Jack Warden as Roy first when he yells across, like Kurt Russell yells across the street, hey, morning, Roy. And, and he looks disgusted and just spits a loogie, but it lands on his own car. <laughs> oh, so gross. I yeah. hate spit. <laughs> um but yeah russell i thought is a he's a really nice choice for this like because he does like that kind of smarmy kind of uh like smirky guy really well this was probably was this like his first real like adult movie it seems like that when i when you know because we watched this when we were you know jesus christ in fucking high school and it seems like everything before this was, oh, was kind of. He was in. He, yeah, it was either TV. Well, the Deadly Tower. We played um, Charles Whitman. He climbed up to the tower and shot people in Texas. But most of it was like teen well, yeah, that, stuff. That was and a I TV think movie. this was his first. Yeah, this was his first um, th- thing that he did where he wasn't Dexter Riley in the computer that wore tennis shoes or something like yeah. that. And then the next was Escape from New York. 
Yeah. And then it all blew Steak up for him. Biscuit. Um thought you would did. But just like, well, in, 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 another one I can think of, but that they they a similar kind of casting was Big Trouble in Little China, where he plays yeah. a hero in that too. But it's the same kind of thing. They cast him not because he's like. Well, I mean, he's a handsome guy, but not because he's the handsome leading role, because he does like a likable, sleazy will. Mm. Um, he has a nice set of butt cheeks, like a <laughs> tango and cash. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's another one. He does the he does the likable, sleazy guy. Yeah. Um, Tom he, Hanks couldn't do that. Yeah. No, he? probably not. He he wouldn't be good sleazy. But yeah, oh, he's, he he wears this really hideous plaid jacket. He smokes these little skinny like cigarillos. Those the whole time. are so man. He smoked the shit out of those fucking cigarillos <laughs> or whatever. Um, there's a really dumb gag right at the beginning where he fishes for a customer with a ten dollar bill. <laughs> it's so stupid, but I laughed anyway. <laughs> so a lot of this movie ends up being like. Um, there, there is the story that goes throughout, and I mean, if I have to already get to. A, a critique of it is that it is long because they do do they do a lot of those like just gags to kind of yeah. that, that kind of fill up time and they're funny but the the story itself with yeah this um, one probably should have been an hour and a half yeah I, this one's almost two but I will say this it was fucking funny as shit yeah uh, uh, so I mean what would you have loved well I don't know I don't know. Um, and it had some good stunts in it too. Like, oh know, my god, the stunts at the chill. end were were, especially at the end in the big car, I guess car chase. Yeah, um, it's like a convoy. So that 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 was just so absurd. But um, the but the main story, like I said, the two brothers with the competing lots, Roy wanting to take over Luke's business. Um, I took a note here. I'll have you heading home in a minute. Roll. What the fuck did I mean by that? I'll have you heading home I in a minute. I know what you meant by Ricky Morton. <laughs> Rick and Morty. Uh, uh, um, but basically, uh, the Luke, the good brother, he uh, he gets set up, and I guess he's killed. He's, he just dies because he has a bad heart, but with the whole thing. Well, yeah, you remember that guy fucking... They, yeah. they plotted, and that guy... Oh, that's what was, it was. I'll have you heading home in a minute, because he wrecked the car, and the car rolled over. Hey, old man! <laughs> yeah, that guy was a... Um, he was on the TV show Miami Vice. Mm. There was t- Tubbs and Crockett, but then they had these two kind of schlubby uh, cops, and he was one of those guys that was a, like a regular on there. Now, th- there's... Um the a couple of the things like kind of make this movie i guess more uh, base humor um deal with luke after one as he's dying and he's like slobbering all over the place which is pretty <laughs> gross which you wouldn't normally see like usually it'd be like the comedic like holding your chest and yeah. maybe staggering around but he's like 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 it just sounds <laughs> gross like drooling everywhere and then another one it's a tiny little thing that i noticed it had to have been in there on purpose so they decide in uh, in order to so um, Roy can't just take over the lot because what the story ends up being is that Rudy, in order to keep making money, he wants to make it. He wants to, the lot to keep going. So they hide um, Luke's body. 
Um, I don't know why they taped pennies over his eyes. I guess that's a superstitious thing that that Jeff did. But um, but they they had this old Edsel on their sign. It was like no hubcaps, and they take it off and they put him in the Edsel and then bury the whole car and then just tell Roy across the street that oh your brother just left. He drove the Edsel. It actually ran. He's driving. He said he was driving to Miami to take some time off. So that Roy had to you know so he wasn't going to inherit the the dealership so anyway another the little a little thing is the way they treated his corpse was just like you know they put him in there but when they they shut the door of the edsel and like his body just kind of like goes like and like shifts to the side as yeah. they push him out of the way it's that kind of stuff that that makes it a little little more sleazy than a normal comedy would would Did be you notice when okay kurt russell went back to his man cave which is basically like a big uh, he has a trailer yeah trailer yeah. caravan or whatever and um he goes in there and right at first he goes over and he and he gives like a like a wink or a nod to this little the statue and I, at first glance i thought well it's elvis right i didn't i honestly i don't like even a, remember that a ceramic like uh uh kind of caricature of mm-hmm. Elvis but then when i looked at it again it looked like the Elvis um um like the white jumpsuit and he's holding like a microphone but it looked like like Luke Cage Power Man or something so it was like an african american <laughs> Elvis so i don't know i'm going to have to go back and watch that again that was kind of funky <laughs> i don't remember that at all yeah um let's I see like them fucking cigarettes I mentioned Lenny and Squiggy. They're they're pretty funny because they keep they keep helping them film these kind of pirate. They keep they break into <laughs> local new, um, uh, TV feeds to show uh, these commercials. Well, and the, the, I think Roy must have owned the TV station because on the side of the van, or not their van, but on this like the TV station was W Fuck. <laughs> Uh, he might have, soup, yeah, soup or whatever, yeah. Um, but they would find different ways to like break into the TV feed, and they would get, take over. Like, I don't know what what it was, CBS, ABC, and NBC, uh, the, the three big channels. They take over locally. Um, they had a couple funny commercials where was he wearing a, a mustache at the one? Um, not the not the one where he played like the old west one, but the first one that they broke into the football game with. I well, can't remember if Garrett. If they had Grimm's. those no well one of them he had didn't he have the 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 uh, uh, toy like uh, gag glasses that had the eyes that are yeah, on my yeah, 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 yeah. and Kurt Russell had the glasses that had the dick nose <laughs> it wasn't like Groucho Marx it had like a, a dildo nose <laughs> well they had this hot chick on the hood and they were talking about the cars <laughs> and they they just forgot all their lines and then her dress gets ripped off and that's and then I think uh, Squiggy was the uh, camera operator and just kept filming her tits and uh, and then <laughs> the little kid watching TV. Hey, look, bare tits or whatever, whatever he said. <laughs> and the dad's wanting to watch it too. You know? Yeah. 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 That was great. And it was uh, a different that, time, man. This was, I remember this being like one of the first really sleazy movies and they showed it on HBO and we were like, Oh my God, this is so fucking great. Do you, yeah. And that poor little chick, she just stands there screaming for so long. She doesn't try to get off camera. Somebody's black glove reaches into the thing and just starts fondling her at one point. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. Um, <laughs> so they're just trying to get. Would to get you their- remember the, the one part where uh, 
the Mexican guy that Kurt Russell buys the cars off of out in the desert, he's helping Luke's daughter. Like he, he's like, you know, she has to climb down off of something or something like that. And he just reaches when, when he's like, you know, you put your, he just like fucking mauls her. Tit. What is that guy's name? Cause he was in, I remember him from three amigos. He played El Guapo in three. Amigos. Yes. What was yes. his, his name is, do you remember his name in the movie? Oh, shit, I don't remember. Was it Manuel? Uh, um, I'll have to look through this. I can't remember. Um, yeah, Alfonso uh, Arau. He was. He was in the Wild Bunch. I knew. Yeah, I remember. He was, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. Yeah, I remember him in the Wild Bunch. He wasn't the main bad guy, but he was like the lieutenant or toady of the main bad guy. Yeah, but yeah. he's he's pretty funny in it. Oh, he's still he's still. I don't know if he's working anymore, but. He's still alive. Yeah, Grandpa Al Lewis from uh, the Munsters. Yeah, which and <laughs> such a such a st- such a dumb thing. Like we're gonna t- we're gonna leave the court. Come on, but yeah, yeah, funny. yeah. And he was all he was all sour and everything. Everybody's in a bad mood in this movie, which is funny too. Um, <laughs> the dog is funny. I like the dog the a dog lot. It's great. Although I think the dog was supposed to be male, but obviously had huge nipples. So I don't know why they couldn't just get a male dog. But because uh, he actually lifts his leg to pee on, um, name the dog Cesaro. <laughs> he actually lifts his leg to pee on Frank McRae at one point. I think that's when you actually see its nipples. Frank McRae was so funny because he, even though he was just this huge guy, he had a real high voice. And when that dog <laughs> pissed on his head, he's like, "Hey, you motherfucker!" <laughs> they must have put that poor dog to sleep at that one point yeah. when he's like laying in Garrett Graham's arms, or she. Oh, that was a good gimmick. How how they pretended to, uh, to sell that car with, <laughs> yeah, and then it kept going too with the with the fucking pothole and the two kids fall out of the back. <laughs> Did they really have two kids fall out of the back of that car? I don't know, but it fucking worked. <laughs> <laughs> At least they were wearing football pads. So, um, but the uh, the the one commercial might be the highlight of it for me. Where he's dressed up as like General Custer or something, <laughs> <laughs> and I love like they don't even like they just like he said what is it the line he says we blew the shit out of that overpriced motherfucker just like we blow the shit out of all high prices <laughs> and he just they were shooting actually shooting a real gun <laughs> they said in the, in across the, the street yeah they go over to Roy's lot and just start shooting his cars up with a shotgun and um. It's just like just trying different ways to get one up and just try to get people on their lot, which works. And then there's the whole silly thing with the although I appreciate what they did because what what happened this was um this is a weird little I guess bridge between this is a really early eighties comedy. It feels that way in a lot, but it didn't fall into the um the pattern yet that eighties comedies did where they had to have some kind of like they they tried to make a serious story, by, like wrap it up at the end. Well, they were weren't they kind of trying? What it was sort of like a Save the Rec Center. It was this was totally a Save the Rec Center movie, the, but yeah. I I appreciate that they kept it ridiculous. Um, yeah. They didn't. It they, held up better than Porky's, that's for sure. Yeah, they I laughed my ass off from beginning to end in this motherfucker. They didn't try to like. They didn't really try to redeem people much. Uh, yeah. I mean, Kurt Russell stays sleazy throughout. Although you do, you know, he does have a he does have his little turnaround, but it's a it's it's it, this this might have been one. That's 
because sort of the finale was well yeah yeah they're still being the dishonest to, to, to ultimately yeah. <laughs> yeah but but like i think i mean i don't know if this is the case but this might have been one of these one of those movies that kind of made that started building that 80s comedy formula because i can't think of 70s comedies that were quite like this yeah um and this is i mean it happened right at that time they wouldn't I'm serious. I don't think that they really allowed that much. I think this was one of the first really sleazy movies that had tit, the mainstream that had tit and uh, and you know a lot of vulgarity. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So I, I just remember everybody just thinking it was fucking hilarious because it was so raunchy. Yeah. Is what they said. They oh, said it was raunchy. Spielberg and John Milius were executive producers on it. Oh God, oh, yeah. Milius. <laughs> Which just means they provided the money. I don't think that means any much else. Uh, that, anyway, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't put in some of the fucking shit. Yeah. <laughs> he had a pretty funny sense of humor. I could well, yeah, maybe that one, the one uh, old west style commercial could have been his. That's too fucking high. <laughs> what did you think of this? Uh, I thought it was great. Yeah. I I had not seen it since it probably was on HBO back in the like mid eighties or late eighties or, or not late eighties, probably like from, well, when it came out. Yeah. To, uh, and, um, I was kind of like, yeah, I wonder, you know, cause you, you kind of dread going back and something not whole, standing up the test of time. Yeah. As and I, as I often do with comedies on this goddamn show. Yeah. But I mean, I'm serious. This one, I, I laughed so much watching this. It, I, it, it was just awesome. Yeah. I would watch it again, like here and just when we get done with the show. Yeah, I, I, I in like about three hours. <laughs> I've gotten to the point where, like, comedies are super hit and miss with me, but this one still makes me laugh when I watch it. It's too long. Well, it's funny because <laughs> it is too long. Because when I was watching it and I looked, I was like, Jesus Christ, how does this fucker have another? Uh, I still have an hour to go. They probably should have cut something. I don't know what they could have cut some of the gags. I guess. Although well, they didn't have directors cut and that shit now, where they milk you for the same movie like five <laughs> times. True, true. But it was worth it. It was good. Yeah. You know what? I think you know the whole trial thing, and I did. I enjoyed the uh, the convoy thing, trying to get back to the. Oh yeah, the stunts. Uh, I didn't talk about the stunts. Some of the insane shit yeah. they were doing. Um, I swear it looked like. Uh, it really looked like um, Kurt Russell and uh, Jack Warden were even at one point standing on the back of those trucks with, with the, the whole oh, yeah. whipping with the chain. Well, it was like, definitely Kurt Russell walking on those cars from yeah. one car to the next. They might not have been going very fast, but, you know. But still, I mean, but there was guys dangerous. not only just falling off of cars. There was an yeah. insane jump over the train. There was... Um, there was when that the, guy was trying to give uh, Luke a heart attack, fuck, I mean... Jesus Christ, when he pulled in that fucking parking lot and the damn thing rolled, I was like, holy <laughs> fucking shit. Um, but like some of the stuff like jumping car to car and all that shit was like, I mean, for a comedy, this isn't, this wasn't like Smokey and the Bandit or some shit, you know? It was better than Smokey and the Bandit. It was better than Smokey and the Bandit. Um, anyway, Smokey and he, the Bandit is still good, but it's not as funny as what it, you know. I think this is funnier than that. I do too. Anything yeah. else you want to add? Yeah. Michael Talbot is the guy that played Mickey that was trying to give what's his name a heart attack. And he who was he? Oh, he was one of the the, the one of the deputies in um First Blood uh mm-hmm. that was with 
you know, and he was also in Manhunter. Who did he play in Manhunter with uh, Hannibal Lecter and all that shit? But anyway, I was wondering if he was like actually a stuntman or something. But did we review was. some other movie with Frank McRae in it? I feel like we've talked about him before. Yeah, was, was Paradise Alley. Yeah, I was going to say, well, yeah, well, he was in that one with Stallone, wasn't he? Yeah. Frank Stallone. <laughs> Anything else you want to add? Uh, no, I thought it was great. Let's rate I it. I give it a 10. <laughs> wow. Um, I thought it was great. I mean, it was funny as shit. There you go. Well, well it was too long, so uh, let's give it a 9.5. Uh, nice. I give it a... Loved it. I give it an 8.5. Um. Big fan of this one. I, I didn't see this until later. I always like your movies better than you like them. <laughs> well, it was too long. That was my biggest complaint of Except it. Except for Paris, Texas. <laughs> You're going to go back and visit that someday, and it's going to yeah, affect I still haven't forgiven you for that. <laughs> Wait, we didn't review it, did we? No. Did we I, uh, Did we not? Because it was fucking horrible. <laughs> Let's not get into that. Let's okay. just agree to disagree. Agree to disagree. 8.5 and a 9.5 for used cars. We're going to take a break. It's- and we're going to come back and talk about an, another slapstick comedy. Well, this one actually was a comedy at times. Uh, uh, what is it again? Stalag? Stalag? Stalag. Stalag. Why can't I say this goddamn word? Stalag 17. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> son, it's time we have a talk. About what, Dad? Well, son... Pretty soon you'll want to look at naked girls. Some movies have lots of naked girls and things that make you feel strange. Mm, like Sasha Gray videos? <laughs> oh, you've got to start off slow, son. Save the triple penetration gangbangs for when you get old and miserable. Savor the sight of bare breasts from a bygone era before they were Google away. Supper time, you two. And remember... No incestuous ruffies or rapey pink films until after dinner. (laughs) (laughs) The Trashy Trio, covering Euro sleaze, Japanese pink films, American ruffies, or any other sordid entertainment that comes their way. The Trashy Trio, a podcast to listen to while alone. With headphones on. Probably in your closet. Under some covers. Stalag 17. I, I probably still butchered it. Um, directed by Billy Wilder. Um, I'll read the synopsis here. <coughs> when two escaping American World War II prisoners are killed, the German POW camp barracks black marketeer J.J. Sefton is suspected of being an informer. Uh, starring William Holden and other people. Otto Priminger. Um <laughs> Zom, what did you think of this? Was your choice? What did you think yes. of this movie? <laughs> Before I uh, fuck up the name again, Stalag Seventeen. Stalag. Why can't I? 
I want to say Stalag every time. I don't know okay, why. Okay, I think this is Tom Selleck's favorite movie, by the way, because he used to always say that in Magnum P.I., the TV <laughs> show. And he would watch it occasionally on the show. Like if he had a chick and he, you know, he wanted to let the chick know how he felt and what kind of, you know, when you have a chick and you're getting to know each other and you like, you make them a mixed tape so they can kind of get how you are or show them a movie that means something to you. And then they fuck off, fall asleep during it all the time. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) this is, has to be in the pantheon of, one of my favorite movies because nice. uh, I'm like Tom Selleck. I have like a mustache right now and a hairy chest. Um, <laughs> uh, the, the, one of the reasons I, I was, I'm trying to think what I was thinking about or doing the other day. And I, Oh, I, I was on Amazon and I was sitting there and I was just kind of like looking for, you know, movies to purchase uh, cheaply on DVD. And um, there was a, um, this William Holden movie about the Ma- Malayan, uh, uh, what do they call it, the Malayan um, emergency in Malaysia. Well, it's Malaysia now. Uh, they had a war that went on there from like 19, probably 58 to like 1987. And, but they wouldn't call it a war because they said that if they called it a war – uh, insurance companies don't won't pay for damages, oh. and one of the reasons that, like the uh, I think the Brits and Australians and and places that had colonized us, they they had uh, uh, factories and stuff like that over there for tin and I can't remember what else, but uh, so they just called it an emergency. Well, they f- were fighting this fucking bloody, you know, almost like a Vietnam like war for. 20 fucking years or something over there. And uh, what the goddamn, I can't remember what the fucking movie's called. The Seventh Dawn, which mm. is what I was looking for. Well, then I started seeing some other William Holden movies. And I was like, man, I really like William Holden. And I especially liked him in Stalag 17, which I had not seen in a long time and I wanted to rewatch it. So since I knew I was going to rewatch it anyway, I thought, yeah, let's watch the movie that he won an Oscar for. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, I was just looking at some of the notes, and it's funny because um, um, Kirk Douglas was offered the role. William Holden was the third choice to play J.J. Sefton, Um, and it was supposed to be Charlton Heston first. Something happened. He couldn't do it. They offered it to Kirk Douglas, and he he said, I don't want to do it, and then – William Holden gets it third choice and he wins an Oscar and Kirk Douglas was like, <laughs> so anyway, um, how old would Kirk Douglas have been in this? Would it, like, would he have fit? I feel like William Holden's a little bit younger. Is William Holden younger than Kirk Douglas? I don't know. He looked, young. he looked pretty young in this. He would have been, let's see. Holden was, Holden no, was I would 30. Maybe a little younger. Okay. Holden was 30. Something like mid thirties in this one. Let me see. Kirk Douglas. He just had an. I think Kirk Douglas just had an older face. Yeah. Kirk Douglas was born. Yeah, he's two years older. But he. I think he by this time he would have looked older too. Which. Because I mean, I'm thinking of Paths of Glory, which was right around. I mean, four years after this, but he looked. Right. He looked pretty old in that. Maybe that was on purpose. But. Well, the the the. Um, I need to watch that again. I, one thing that, yeah, that's a fucking great movie. I, I own that one. I've watched it I don't know how many times, and it still just rips your guts out. Mm-hmm. Um, the um, 
one thing one thing about this i think when i was a little kid you know i was a fan of the show hogan's heroes this which was had to have inspired that well they fucking sued the shit out of the fucking uh people that did hogan's heroes because Uh. they said hey you know you guys ripped us off (laughs) Uh, although hogan's heroes is a lot more of a screwball yeah yeah you know uh comedy um well, I was surprised when I, because I didn't, I've never, I had never seen this, and so I was surprised at how lighthearted some of it ended yeah. up being. It, but, but I think it's because you know, in 1953, first of all, you know, Billy Wilder is the director and writer of this, and so he um, he, he did some. He did some interesting things, I'd say. Sunset Boulevard, <laughs> Apartment. Yeah, yeah, he did he, some he, of the fucking classics of all time. Some of the greatest movies ever. Um, <laughs> Now, um, but I think that it's it was kind of a thing of the times. Well, first of all, they they were showing that okay, this wasn't a um, this wasn't a concentration camp like where they would keep you know the Jews right, or, right, right. or gypsies or whatever that they were exterminating. It's prisoner of war camp, which was still horrible, but at least they got a certain amount of you know like. Um, Respect packages in a way. from Red Cross and yeah, 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 and and um, um, so the guys were would try to, you know, at least make life tolerable, while they were still. It's almost like you know the Great Escape with uh, you know, all those guys, Steve mm-hmm. McQueen, uh, all those guys. Um, but it did have a certain amount of lightheartedness, which I I liked. In in some parts, you're thinking, you know, okay, I I kind of accept it because uh, of when the movie was made, yeah, and that they wanted to, you know, um, I, I don't know, not make it uh, just some awful, horrible movie. Even in The Great Escape, you know, you have some joking around and shit like that right. with uh, throughout the movie. Um, and the same way with this, where they would have like their Christmas party, and of course the guys are dancing together, <laughs> and, and uh, which is kind of funny. Now, the, most of the uh, lightheartedness went to the, to the guy um, that uh, there were two kind of like they were the barracks clowns, or you know that kept everything lighthearted. Right. It was Animal, Animal, and, and um, Shapiro. Yeah, and, and so they were kind of like a almost like a fucking not Abbott and Costello, but sort of something like that, uh, kind of a team. And they were always doing stupid shit and getting in trouble. Um, but now there were things in this which the way the way I like how they handled some of that stuff was like Animal. Okay, they had the um, I'm taking my robe off because I'm getting hot. Man, you get me. The Animal is this this. Uh, you know, kind of a slob, and he's like, "Hey, Harry, why?" You know, I want <laughs> He looks like a goddamn caveman when you see him. The yeah, first he time. does look like a caveman. And uh, <coughs> but there's one part where that was my cough button. Um, there's there's one part <laughs> it coughs where, when you hit it. Yes, the the um, on the other side of the camp, they have uh, captured Russian female like soldiers. So of course these guys have been locked up for you know maybe a year or more or yeah, however. So, long. Well, the the narrator, this guy Cookie, with a, that has a stutter, he said they've been at the camp for two and a half years. Right, and Cookie is Sefton's uh, kind of like his little uh, hang around. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. It's like you know 
get me a cigar cookie. And I love the fucking way William Holden talks. I could do like an impression of William Holden, the whole fucking show, but I'll spare everybody. Anyway. Um, um, but animal that in the one scene, and so I was like about how that, how one thing where they, how they handle some of the comedy is um, the Russian, the Russian broads, they bring the Russian broads in and they're all standing there like, fuck you know just getting a big boner and just like shitting themselves looking at these women and they're like i want that one i want this one and everything well animal accidentally they have a, a line of death which is this this like little string or wire and if you go on the other side of it they're they'll fucking shoot your ass and he is like acting stupid and he just falls face first the whole camp is nothing but mud Ugh. he falls face first over the line of death thing in the, in the thing and they're all laughing their asses off. And as soon as he does that, everything just fucking stops. And they're like, come on, get back here. They'll, they'll fucking kill you. And he's like, no, let me go. You know, but seriously, they would have fucking shot him dead. So, you know, the, the comedy, it showed how, okay, it's funny to a certain point, but there were some funny things in it mm-hmm. that I liked where they would fuck with, um, either Schultz or, uh, there was one, the volleyball scene where this little, fat um german soldier uh, a camp guard is <laughs> he's so excited yeah and the, to distract him because uh, of, of what they're doing um they get him involved in the volleyball game and he's just like a little fat kid <laughs> but but one thing about that is most of the time and i think the um the commandant of the camp even said uh you know because of the war they would send uh you know all the able-bodied fit men to the front or whatever, the, whether it's the Russian front or you know in Europe, and then the older guys would be like the the head of the Stalag or people that weren't like fit to, and so you know the guy he might have been some simple-minded guy, you know. Right. Um, but Otto Preminger, who was a great director himself, plays uh, the commandant of the of the camp, um, and. Uh, the other German that's that's the most highlight, or the only other one really that's that's highlighted is Sergeant Schultz, which, you know, Hogan's Heroes. That was the main sergeant that was always going into the thing that they messed with, mm-hmm. Sergeant Schultz too. So, um, but you have a, a colorful cast of characters, and everybody in the camp is a sergeant, so nobody really has any rule over the others but they they still develop like a hierarchy yeah and like i said if you've watched the great escape you kind of get that too where they're where they're planning escapes and the one guy's kind of like the main guy and the eddies eddies <laughs> you know uh <laughs> the one guy he was like the uh the that's not well i don't know if i'd say the town crier but he was sort of like the uh mailman and oh, he, he had a weird voice yeah, he would come in and stand up on the, the all the people in this would be like some like from like Abbott and Costello right. or the uh um uh, oh fuck not our gang, but uh like Hunts Hall. They they had all these different colorful character actors play like like I said with the animal or whatever, and you know, he's like ah. and for some reason he didn't have like regular boots. It looked like he had big slippers or something. Animal had had those like fuzzy looking slippers because that was a funny scene when he gets out of bed like hammered and his feet just slide right into the right into <laughs> and the And they right through the mud and they, they just like come off and everything. <laughs> but the place was so gross. I mean, you know, and um they always had like some kind of a little plot or a little plan where they were, you know, whether it was a, a full blown escape with a tunnel well, or yeah, that's, that's how it starts. That's why everybody starts uh, 
questioning Sefton at the beginning because there's right. two guys and he immediately makes a bet. There's two guys that are making an escape that night and Holden or Sefton puts down a bet that they're not going to make it out of the, right. make it at all. And everybody's and like, why the like, fuck would you do that? You know, yeah, that's almost like a slap in the face. Like how could anybody, everybody should want them to succeed. Well, he is like the, um, the barrack shyster, uh, the black market kind of a guy, which they they look at it like he doesn't give a fuck about anybody but himself. But his thing is, you know, uh, if if I can trade with the Germans or whatever to to make myself a little bit more comfortable, why right. not? Everybody else can do it, and they're like, you know, fuck you. So yeah, he's kind he's of a, an outcast. He well, he's kind of. I mean, he is. He's kind of a jerk. Like he's yeah. not. He's not the most likable character. Even though he's Which the kind of I the like protagonist, yeah. And they said that William Holden did not want to take this part because he said that um, th- that uh, Wilder made the character too uh, much of an asshole. That there wasn't anything redeeming about him or whatever, and he was like, "No, you know, this is how he's cast to be," and which is great because it's not. Because, I mean, it's not like from the very beginning everybody hates his guts. Right. Because he does, like, he, he is the book for the, uh, for like the mouse race. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They got, he's got these little, like, <laughs> these little um, ways to make money or not money. He gets yeah. paid with cigarettes and chocolate and stuff. But he's got the rat races, which is pretty ingenious, I thought, with the the, the ring they built. And, um, he distills schnapps out of something. I forgot what they said he used for that. Like some kind of potato. Yeah, peels. Oh, potato peels. Yeah, yeah. And uh, which that must taste like shit. But well, I mean, um, make out of potatoes. I know, but God, like I can't imagine. Like there's there's no way for them to really cook it or anything, so it can't taste very good. Well, um, they they um they have. Uh, sort of a, a situation going on there and he's sort of like you know hey i don't even fucking want to escape he it, one of the things that they they say about like escaping and shit uh, in all these movies was like it, it was your duty to try and escape mm-hmm. so you can get back to the war and fight fight but his thing is he even tells the guys he says okay say you do make it to switzerland and then what happens and you make it all the way to the united states they fucking put you right back in uniform and send you to the South Pacific to fight the Japanese or right back over here, you know? So he's kind of, he's very cynical, but you know, in some ways kind of pretty realistic. Uh, but if everybody was like him, you know, we'd probably all have peace, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he's unlikable, but he has a certain amount of charisma, of course, cause right. he's William fucking Holden. Um, Robert Strauss played, uh, Sergeant Stanislaus animal Kazawa. <laughs> Robert Strauss was the Birdman of Alcatraz. I don't think it's the same guy, but um, what? yeah, no, I mean not the the real guy was I think Robert Strauss. Oh, 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 I was like, I was like, I was thinking, well, is he even in that movie? <laughs> he might have been. I don't know. Um, but he, um, they, they have a um, a situation that comes about where uh, a lieutenant and a two two. Um, uh, pilots like a lieutenant and his second command or whatever get shot down and they're brought to the camp. Well, then they're they ha- they're trying to figure out a way that they can get them out. Right. Uh, and um, 
it's sort of you have a situation going on where everything that they try seems to fail and right. they start realize which i thought now looking back on it um the you would think that the germans might not have revealed so much like don't shut down everything because right. then that would don't give don't go stri- don't go straight to the hiding place right every single time but so then they start thinking okay there's a stoolie in the barracks because there's there's i think they said there was like 600 people in this camp 600 americans and like and, 75 uh, per bunker or something or per yeah. barracks i think they said yeah and um their barracks is the, the one like everything that they try gets figured out Manfredi and Johnson are the two guys at the beginning that are trying to escape and that goes, you know, sour. And, um, so Septon, um, I'm trying to think what he, um, when they really got pissed off at him, they just start speculating. There's one guy, Duke, who has like, there's, there's a couple of guys in this. Duke has really it's Neville Brand. He has real a really big quaff of hair. Mm-hmm. And then there's a blonde haired guy in this. Of course he's named Blondie. And his hair <laughs> is real fucking like a big giant quaff of hair, which I'm you know, I'm jealous of, so you know, fuck them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um the shit keeps going wrong and then, you know, because it's it's almost like a mob mentality where they don't like him uh, because he kind of goes against the grain. He does make deals with the, uh, I think, well, first of all, he goes over and fucks like the Russian chicks, I think. That will, well, because, that, that one happened later on, but that definitely happened. They, one of the guys spied him going over to yeah. the to the Russian side. And they get pissed. And so when, when uh, first of all, they're jealous of him because like they're eating this soup that they fucking, the guy washes his fucking socks. <laughs> Gross. Which is great. <laughs> it's like, you gotta wash your socks in my soup. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but that was so funny because those two idiots, you know, were, were uh, late because of something. I can't remember if they were looking at the girls or what. They wanted to, it's like, chow, it's chow, it's chow. Was that time. when they were, the guys, was that the part where they were painting the line? Were they late because of that or was it something else? Painting the line was fucking hilarious. Yeah. That was pretty fucking fun. Uh, <laughs> Why Especially did, why did the they, they soldier came yeah, he just let them through? Like, what the fuck did he think they were doing? Well, like the part where he, they go up and they start painting the fucking line, and the German soldiers standing right by the window, and they're like, ooh. <laughs> how they get away, get away from him was pretty fucking funny. <laughs> um, so, anyway, um, like I said, it's almost like mob mentality where, like, Duke fucking doesn't like Sefton because he bet against Manfredi and Johnson as far as their escape goes and then everything else he's always um like duke will be like not accusing him of anything but like ca- calling him basically an asshole to his face mm-hmm. and and william holden will take his match and light his match off of duke's face because <laughs> his beard's so rough i guess he'll <laughs> he'll strike them he'll he'll be sitting there talking and he'll just take his match to light his cigar and fucking strike it on duke's fucking face or on his arm or something which pisses him off so then when when they start suspecting okay something's fucking going on uh it's he's an easy target because they a lot of them hate him and then you know or or you know they just think he's a dick so it must be him because he's a dick and an american can't be a dick um 
And he works so, with the Germans a lot. I mean, he's right. always he's always getting stuff. Yeah, he puts himself in a bad in a bad position because he's a dick. He yeah. is a dick. Yeah. And um, but now the the whole climax of the movie um, where Sefton starts, even though okay, they they basically beat the well, they don't basically they do they beat the shit out of. Him. And they make him a fucking complete and total outcast. They shun him. They start taking all his shit because he has like uh, foot lockers full of uh, contraband stuff. Um, and so they beat the shit out of him. And then to me, that's when it really – I mean it's good up until that part. But that when he starts putting his mind – to what's going on is when it really starts getting really good to me. And when the, 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 this, the scene, the reveal scene is just for me is just awesome where they're all sitting there and they're still thinking he's a dick and telling him to shut the fuck up and everything. And he starts, um, uh, spelling out everything, Mm -hmm. giving them all this evidence, almost like a fucking court lawyer or something. And the, you know, I'm sure most. Well, maybe not, because it is an older movie. You know, that some people probably haven't seen it, so I don't want to give anything away. Right, right, right. But there, there's one part in this uh, uh, where, in that that scene where William Holden starts kind of playing detective, and then when they have the reveal thing uh, that I just love. When I was watching it the other day, I rewound it like about four or five <laughs> times just him go through his his spiel and everything so but anyway you know i i love this movie i uh fucking william holden now you know the one thing about him he was great like in network and even when he got older and everything but when when he 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 was a really bad alcoholic Mm. which is a shame because i mean even like the wild bunch he was older in that and he was great network he was fucking great but i mean i think the guy died uh he got shit face fucking drunk and fell in his house or apartment or whatever and fucking just hit his head and 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 I thought he fractured his skull or but he just bled to death. Oh. But you know, it's a shame, but you know, those guys back in that era, they were hard drinkers. Yes, they were. So anyway, what what's your uh your thoughts? I was um I was surprised about the tone of the movie. Um I never I didn't really know much about this. I'd never seen it. Uh, like I like I've said a billion times. I, I like going into movies cold, so I don't, it, until I see them, I just like to discover them that way. Um, but I liked the way it would hop back and forth between almost light at times, even though you know what was going on, back to heavy and then back again. I mean, mm-hmm. because like, I mean, it, it even starts off pretty light, but then you get the two guys, like, you know, we get the two guys shot and then you feel like Schultz comes in and he kind of jokes with them and stuff. But then they're like, all the guys are lined up and they're like the German soldiers just take the cover off and let them look at the dead bodies just stand mm-hmm. there. And it's that kind of thing. It it does a good like tightrope walk, I thought, between – maybe it makes it a more accessible movie for a broader audience. So mm-hmm. it's I – th- I think especially at the time that it was released, this was a very – this was still in the uh, rah rah America war movie yeah. thing, you know, and this is not. I mean, I don't even think they don't talk about any kind of patriotism or anything in this. It's just this. This could be a prison movie too. It just yeah. set in World yeah. War Two. 
And and uh, Schultz does bring some of the wrestling and gold. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's a, he is a wrestler. He said he wrestled in Milwaukee and St. Louis and and um, Cincinnati. And he was the gallbladder of Cincinnati. What was it? They said they were the the two names. They're they're going to do the world championship match. It was I forgot the, the name. Hunchback of, of Hunchback of Stalag seventeen versus the gallbladder of Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. But I liked I liked that Sefton is a gray hat, um, mm. that he's got this like everyone for himself mentality, and his ultimate goal through the whole thing is not to uh, is not to prove someone wrong, but to basically just clear his own name. Yeah. Like he's still not too concerned about anyone else before himself. Which I think was was a was a neat little twist on it too, because he's not he's not a hero, you know. Right. And and I mean, well, you he, know, go ahead. Up in the in the the very well, pretty much the very end, when he tells the guys, you know, if I if you if I see you walking down the street or something like that, basically fuck off, <laughs> and then he. He ducks down in this thing, but then he kind of comes back up and gives him a, you know, a, a wink and a yeah. salute or whatever. Yeah, but that I was kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, but it, it's it feels maybe like maybe he should have just said "fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think they 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 had to kind of do that a little bit, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, and it and this movie doesn't it feels a little out of its time, which was nice. I like that. I like appreciated that about it. Um, and the whole the guys. It seemed a little racy with the what what they would peek at the women in the delousing station and stuff and yeah they want they were fucking horny yeah but that I mean that horny seemed like hell. something again it was like it didn't seem like a fifties movie <laughs> <laughs> what would he trade a, a cigarette or a half a bar of chocolate for twenty seconds peeking through this telescope into the into through yeah. a foggy window of the delousing station what well, animal was so fucking horny he was about ready to to uh, screw. Uh, um, what's his name? When he had the Shapiro. straw on his head, yeah, yeah, and he he had to fucking. He's like, it's me, it's because he kept telling. Animal was in love with Betty Grable, <laughs> who was a pretty hot pinup chick back in the day, and a, and a movie star. So, um, yeah, and he had his that little fold down poster it's collection. For me. What's that? Nothing. It was, he was just getting shit faced and just crying and looking at Betty Grable's pictures hanging down under the beds. <laughs> Um, he was dirty. Man. He looked like he stunk. <laughs> uh, he probably did. Um, yeah. But the, I don't know. It's just I, I I thought it was interesting because it's like it it didn't fit. It really didn't fit that that formula of of forties fifties World War Two movies at all, which I, I thought was pretty. Well, cool. that's the one thing about some of the movies from some of the older movies that really I really like and that really hold up are the ones that aren't real corny that kind of, even though they had the code back in those days yeah. where they could only do so much and everything, but where they found ways to make it more adult or to like, it maybe insinuate some, you know, uh, like I said, you know, the guys being horny and wanting to fuck or, uh, it's like the, <laughs> you know, this is a stupid thing, but, uh, uh, the song Jailhouse Rock with uh, Elvis mm-hmm. was such a you know great song. But I was telling my mom one time when we were on a trip because she loved Elvis. I said, you know, that's about you know gay sex in prison. 
She goes, what do you mean? I said, well, you know, number 47 said to number three, you the cutest jailbird I ever did see. They, they didn't have co-ed jails. And, and, and you know, we're going to, you know, uh, the jailhouse rock was them screwing. So You ruined your mom's but, you life. Know, yeah, everyone. Well, her fucking uh, her uh, uh, fantasy man was Rock Hudson, so I think her oh, life no. was ruined. It was. Oh, she no. said, you know, when we were growing up, he was the, you know, he was on McMillan and Wife, right? He was the most handsome man and all the stuff. That was her dream man. Does she know? Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. No. she said even back then there were rumors and everything, uh, you know. But you know, whatever. Oh, and there's a funny Hitler gag in it too that I thought was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but. I liked. I also liked the. Well, they they said didn't Hitler sent everybody a copy of Mein Kampf? Yes, for and that's Christmas. Where did that gag? The guy standing up there, and uh, the, I don't know who that guy was, but he he was like a he had to have been some kind of comedian because oh, he was the, doing he all was one of the the two that came in. He did the Kurt uh, the the um, I almost said Kurt Russell. Jesus, the um, he did Clark Clark Gable impersonation. Yeah, not Betty Grable, Gary but Clark Gable because he heard misheard them. <laughs> I said, great, well, not Gable. Um, and the I liked the whole I liked the whole the the gimmick set up to for the communication between the brush the the Russians the um Germans and the and the the mole. I thought that was a neat little way to twist it too. So, Robert Mitchum's brother was uh, one of the prisoners of war who didn't who just stood around. Yeah, I don't recall even he, he's somebody you'd probably recognize, right? Oh yeah, he was in uh fuck, which Dirty Harry, The Enforcer. He was in a bunch of shit. He was in a lot of Clint Eastwood movies. Well, he was um uh, no, he was Harry in Dirt uh I think the first was he No, J- no, no, James it was Mitchum. Is that who you're talking no, about? No, no, no. There was there was a John Mitchum oh. and he was in the, the Great White or the White Buffalo with Charles Bronson too. Okay, he was kind of a fat guy. Because I was going to say, James Mitchum's been in quite a few things, right? Yeah, that was his son. This is oh, I thought oldest son. Okay, oh, I don't, I don't know John Mitchum. Yeah, he was, he was, he didn't look anything like him. He was a, he was oh. kind of a chubby, roly poly guy. Gotcha. Dig it. Cool. I don't have anything else to add. What do, you, what would you rate this? Well, I, I have to give this for me. Um, Jeez, it's hard not to give it a fucking for me to give it a ten. I give it a ten. There you go, man. You had a good week. Um, I give this one an eight. I I really enjoyed it. Um, it's uh, a lot more lighthearted than I thought, but um, it it uh, held the balance well and interesting characters. Um, just just well done. I I need to go and revisit some Billy Wilder. The only one I got fresh on my mind is uh, is Double Indemnity. But, that was a good one, yeah. yeah. Well, they're all fucking good. I mean, I don't know. Did he make a bad fucking movie? Uh, not that I've seen, but I'm, I'm going to go back. I, 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 I know I've seen some like it hot. I really want to see... Um, oh, shit. Um, not Sunset Boulevard. The Apartment I've seen, that was good. Yeah, that was Fred McMurray and... Uh, well, Jack Lemmon and... Uh, what's her name? Sheldon yeah. McClain. God damn it. They said that they wanted... Uh, you know... To be able to sell this movie uh, and to have it go over well in West Germany, so they wanted Wilder to make the uh, like buffoon guards to actually state that they were Polish guards, mm-hmm. 
and he refused to. I guess his they uh, in the trivia thing it said his mother was actually in a concentration camp. Oh, so Sunset Boulevard was, was really good. Yeah, that was really good. I can't remember the one I had my eye on. I have to look through those again. But anyway, I, like I said, I give it an eight. Um, pretty, pretty awesome movie. I liked it a lot. Dig it. All right, that's it for this show. We got no feed sack this week. That is horse horse yes. manure sack. So if you'd like to send us some manure, send it to 206-339-1600 or silvergoldpodcast at gmail.com. Does the um, voicemail still work? I hope so. Ugh. Wait, I need to I need to go back. Jesus and, Christ, Wilder made movies all the way back in 1929. Dude lived but to be almost 100. Like a bunch of German uh, movies. Let's see. Hmm. It should be very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I still have that voicemail. Um, uh, SilvaGoldPodcast at gmail.com. Our show is on iTunes. It's on Stitcher. And yes. it's on SilvaAndGold.com. And our Facebook group is yeah. Facebook.com slash groups slash SilvaAndGold. Um, We're actually, number one. We are number one as far as shows that are named Silva and Gold. Um, I don't know. Is there any other shows out there named Silva and Gold? I don't know. Um, the next week we already know what movies we're doing. Which one did you what, remind me of the name of yours again? Uh, was it Witch Hunt with Dennis Hopper? Witch Hunt, yeah. So next week on the show, let me look that up. Witch Hunt. I think that's what it's called. A eh? nineteen eighty something. Nineteen eighty maybe. Eighty four something. Nineteen eighty. It's not 1994, is it? It is called Witch Hunt. Yes, 1994. I'm sorry. I okay. apologize. So we have a Dennis Hopper. It's a Paul Schrader movie. A Paul Schrader TV movie starring Dennis Hopper. Well, it was HBO. Witch Hunt. Yeah. Um, we're going to do Witch Hunt and um, Bone Tomahawk, the new twist, Western with a twist with Kurt Russell, who must have just, they, whoever directed it must have just seen him. Uh, in the uh, shots for Hateful Eight. I'm like, man, while you have that facial hair, I got a project for you. And you can follow along with uh, Witch Hunt. Uh, it is available on YouTube. Dig it. And uh, and you can you can get Bone Tomahawk on iTunes right now, even though it's in the theater still. So Yeah. All righty. I like that, man. You know, because uh, uh, do you think there are, do you think they will eventually, will, will, will it kill theaters? If they eventually just release everything like that, I think it a, depends. Demand. If it, with the formula now, probably because theaters are not. Some people like like I like going to the theater just for the theater experience, but the people that just go to the theater to, because they want to see the movie early, are yeah. they're that's what that's what they're going to lose first. And unless the theaters can do something different, like like what Alamo Drafthouse does, or um, ones that have like thematic extra things that make it right. worth your time to go there, other than just buying an eight dollar tub of popcorn that you could make at home too, you know, unless they break that formula, well, like the thing that I have, Movie Pass. That's another that's another thing that can get you back in the theater because mm. I'm paying like a Netflix type fee to go to the theater. Yeah, so why not? So it makes, you know, that's why I go. I wouldn't go otherwise because it's fucking 10.50 to see a movie 
And that's I mean that's not and my have answer. some assholes sit right on top of you exactly, or make a bunch of noise and I had, turn to take their cell phone out. And I shit. had to sit in uh, when I saw Mad Max. I, I had to sit because it was so full because they they put these front three rows and the three rows are fucking dumb. Like you have to look up. Like they're pointless. They're just there because so they can up the number of seats in the theater. Right. But I ended up I had to sit in a like one of the little there's like five handicap seats in the front row that have really a lot of space around them. I ended up sitting in one of those because there was no other place to sit. It was just like I mean, I'm glad I sat there because I would have to sit between two people up in the back row probably otherwise, which I don't like doing. I don't like you know. Yeah. If I'm with yeah. somebody it's a little different. Because you have the like when you sit next to somebody you you're with when you're going to the movies with somebody. It's not, a, it's, it's, you don't mind that lack of buffer as much, but when you get sandwiched between two strangers, that's why I usually, if I go by myself, I try to sit on the end. That yeah. way, at least I have an empty seat on the aisle, but I don't know. And, and those theaters can come up with some other way. Um, because I mean, I think movie, the studios are kind of seeing it. That's why you're seeing more and more movies get released on digital and mm. theater at the same time. Well, so. one thing is though, too, is, you know, it's just something to do to get out of the house, too. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, of course, you know, the, the TVs are getting bigger, and you can have that stuff in your home, but then you're just at home all the time. People like to go out and do just go do something. Yeah. You know, it's like sports. I mean, I can watch, I can watch that uh, NHL center ice and have, you know, fucking goddamn 10 games every night and watch the replays in the morning but i still want to go i still you know like you know man i want to go to the to the arena and sit you know and feel the cold you, air and then yeah, yeah eat a hot get dog pissed off at the blues fans or whatever that are or was it buffalo <laughs> buffalo fans yeah fucking jerks <laughs> so. uh we, we gotta we gotta work out that again that was fun yeah that was, was a good time all righty. Well, um, I think that's it for this oh, week. Would, would you say that the tickets for Carolina's games are going to go up since they're being so successful? Uh, they're still 50-50. <laughs> they're, um, they're not too bad. There are actually – I'll have to find the email. I'll get I'll get back with you with it. There, the my Through my apartment complex now, there's like four or five games throughout the season that you can buy half-price tickets for. So. Are you further or closer? I'm to- I'm definitely further. I'm about twenty minutes further from, yeah. from the state from the from the PNC arena now, so Dig I, moved, it. I moved farther west. Gerby. Gerby's still there. Yeah, he's still there. I watched him the one night. I haven't I haven't watched any games yet this year. So. Well cool. Um I guess that's it for this week. You have anything else, Don? Another this this episode was like a uh, a big tranny flopper. Yeah, my favorite, my it's favorite flop flop. Oh, and my hunt for um for a long long time, I always try like to try to stump the internet. And one time, mm-hmm. I just thought it would be funny to see a picture of a dude wearing women's crotchless panties. And it's surprisingly <laughs> difficult to find a picture of that. I finally found one the other day. I was very excited. About it. Wait a minute. Now, does it show the face of the dude? Nope. Just or, the, it's just, we from, wanna... just from belly to thigh. And so it could theoretically be you. It could you be me. It. It's not, but it could. It definitely could have been. And and actually, when I started the search and was getting stumped, I was like, "Well, fuck! I could just take this picture and add it to the internet." <laughs> but I finally found one. I was very excited about that. So. And you one, know what? You could do if you if you cropped something, uh, you could put like dick pics on all the time, and nobody would ever know it was no you. No idea. So why not? I tell you another one that I've never seen. It has to be out there. 
I would I would like to see a photo of a a little person lady giving a blowjob to a guy, but he's holding her upside down by her ankles to do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that would probably be out there because now see I have never watched any uh, dwarf or little person porn. Uh, you know I don't know why. I mean you know I saw I saw a picture of a girl the other day and she was really cute, but I just have never never you know gotten into that. Well, I so. haven't either, but, but I, I guarantee it's out there. I saw one the other day where the where you know it's it's almost like where these dudes will pick like a girl up and spin them around like that while they're standing up. Right, right. I, it has to be. It has to be. I've yet to find one though. So it be fun or comfortable. Well, no. And like, and depending on how big the, your girlfriend is, you know, Jesus Christ, you're at your back. <laughs> All right. I guess we'll end it on that note. <laughs> you could. Until next time. This is a low oot. Psalm oot. Bye bye.